Thank you. Well, good morning. Good, you are awake. Like Pastor Jocko said, it seems like a little, you're a little quiet this morning. I'm not sure. This is my first time here. I know my wife came, my wife came last year. But um, I first off want to just thank, uh, I know he's not here, but Dr. Gustav and, and thank you, Pastor Jocko, and the, you know, the entire Loftal International Brackenfeld team here. Thank you so much for, for having Candace and I today. And we don't take this lightly. This is very important because your souls are very precious to the Lord. And your leadership here, you know, trusting somebody from America, we're from America, you know, that's, this is a big deal. And so we don't take this lightly. So uh, I, I just thank everybody involved with letting Candace and I have the opportunity to pour into your lives. The things you've already heard from Pastor Jocko is what we're going to do. And you better have open hearts and an open mind to understand. So let's go to the Lord before I begin in prayer. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. It's a glorious day here. We thank you for all that you're doing across the globe. The people that are submitted to you, Father God, we thank you for the microphone. We thank you for the opportunity to speak into your precious souls. And Father, we're asking for your continued blessings. We're asking for your justice. We're asking for your grace, mercy, forgiveness, Father God. We thank you. We thank you for what your son, Yeshua Yamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, did and father as we hear this word now your word i pray to you father god that the people will speak and hear that you are speaking and not me they won't think about me but they'll think about you they'll think about how your word says this and it will just marinate in their souls father we thank you in the mighty and matchless name of jesus amen so i want to just give you just a real couple minutes just background on me because you don't know me you have no idea where I am. You just know this is a guy from, that came from the west from America. Well, I grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin. And uh, my parents had a 500-acre dairy farm. We had milk cows. We had beef cows. We had pigs. We had chickens. And they had 500 acres. And 200 of it was woods. So that's the kind of upbringing I had. So I can tell you it was an upbringing that made me wake up. I had to wake up every day at 4.30 a.m. to milk cows. So... Uh, you know, that kind of upbringing and lifestyle, when I went to college and got out of college, you know, I, was, I just was a little bit different than most. And so I went to the U.S. Navy and I said, I want to fly. And that's kind of different because usually they're trying to recruit people. But I said, I need to pour back into my country because this country gave me great opportunities. So I wasn't, you know, I just wanted, and I wanted to fly, I'll admit that. But I felt it was part of my obligation to be one of those people that kept the American country strong. And so I was able to make it through the, the program. I became an officer, and I flew in the United States Navy for 22 years. I became a command. I, I got to the rank of commander. And when I stopped, you know, the Lord had been working on my heart, and I didn't really realize that the farming background and the military background was kind of like these people around me telling me, Adam, you have a shepherd's heart. And so got in the ministry, got my degree in ministry. And, you know, Candace and I, 20 years ago in 2004, launched our ministry on the radio. We, we started off doing radio. Then we did a little bit of TV. We are asked to host TV. But we started our first church in 2006. That was going wonderful in the state of Illinois. But we thought, you know, we were going to stay in Illinois, but God had another plan. And we were praying and fasting, and the Lord 
uh, spoke to us and, and both of us, and, and basically Jacksonville, Florida is where we moved to, to start another ministry, and we started out of our home. And we, and we, we just have you know, been doing ministry ever since then. And so I just wanted to give you a, a quick little background on me so you, you get a little bit of taste, just a little taste of me. And so I was this naval, and as a naval flight officer, I learned very quickly that the environment that I engaged in, and many times, uh, this term we used as, a, as flyers was we pushed the edge of the envelope. That phrase means, and like just if, if you kind of just make it simple, it means we took a lot of risks. Now, they weren't ridiculous risks, okay? They, they were calculated risks, not silly risks or tempting risks, but, but we kind of lived on the edge, so to speak. I, I, and it's kind of like we lived a lot by faith, a lot of the things we had to do. And I say that and hope that today, as you hear this, we can maybe push the edge of the envelope a little further in our understanding of Christianity. That we're going to go out maybe a little further than you have before. And an understanding, what's the real reason for doing that? Because God wants to make sure you understand who you are. And whose you are. Okay? So, and what I found out, I, I, I turned 60 in November. And what I found out in my 60 years, and I think many of you will agree, is that we tend to live only at the level of our identity. If your identity is less than. Now, I've been listening to the few speakers already, and that, that nice little, you know, scripture you repeat. This should resonate with you. If your identity is less than then you're going to be perfectly happy living at that level. You're going to be satisfied living less than. But here's the deal. When you get a revelation of who you really are, you're no longer content living that way. And you know what you want? You want more. You want more out of life. Now, when I reflect on, on a Navy experience that I had, one of my tours was in Iceland for two years. We, Candace and I lived in Iceland from 1994 to 1996 because I got selected to be an admiral's aide. It was a very prestigious position, and I was very fortunate, very blessed to have this opportunity. I traveled quite a bit with the, the admiral, and we went to a lot of places in Europe. And it was during a particular trip to the Netherlands and, that I remembered you know, the cobblestones, the streets in cobblestone, and the short trip, we took 15 minutes from Amsterdam outside of this, this great big city of Amsterdam to the town where Corrie Ten Boom lived. Corrie Ten Boom and her family, if you're not familiar, were Christians. And when the Nazis occupied the Netherlands in 1940, the family uh, was appalled by what the Nazis were doing to the Jewish people. So the Ten Boom family would hide Jewish people so that they could escape from the tyranny of the Nazis. In fact, they were able to save eight, over 800 Jewish people from being killed. Okay? Now, eventually, the Nazis were able to figure out what the Ten Booms were doing. And in 1944, February of 1944, they arrested the entire Ten Boom family. And every single one of Corey's family members died in the concentration camp. She was the only one that lived. 
She, it was a, it's a miracle if you know her story. She was supposed to be sent to the gas chambers in December 1944, but there was a mix-up in the administration that the Nazis were doing, and she was released. And once the war was over, she went around the world for the rest of her life preaching the gospel and sharing you know, about Jesus and, and the love of Jesus. And she wrote this very fam famous book called The Hiding Place. Now, everywhere Corey would go and share her story and minister the gospel, she also carried this one thing with her. She carried with her a tapestry. Now, if you've ever seen a tapestry, on the back side of a tapestry is all this, like, it's mishmash. It's, it's the string ends that aren't making a pattern. They, they, they don't, you know, different colors. It doesn't make sense. It looks just hideous on the back side. And Corey would share that that backside is uh, what our life is like here. That's how life is while we're living here on earth, right? And, and I hope you can just get that picture. Now, if you switched over the tapestry to the front side, you see this incredibly ornate, beautiful design, picture. And if you can now, on that side is how God sees us in this mishmash on the other side. But that's how God, from his view, when you, when you take that high-level view, that lens, how God looks at it. And, and so that's just, she would, she would share this, and it's, it's just a great analogy, and I could see how the crowd would be like so interested in what she was going to say. For instance, there's no way any of us can explain all the atrocities that have gone on over the centuries on this planet. The famines, the plagues, you know, the holocaust, the wars, even death. Until we flip the tapestry over and see God's all ultimate plan to weave every single thing going on in our lives into this great picture. And no matter how messed up your life is right now, right? Or how chaotic your circumstances. How devastating it may be to witness terrible things that have gone on in our lives. God alone has the power to intercept our lives and weave our messes into this beautiful tapestry. That's the power of an infinite God when we submit to him completely. Let his will be done, not ours. If we will just humbly allow God to shape our lives and process life from God's lens through eternity, we will then be able to see our part in the beautiful tapestry. And each of us have a part. You know, if you're honest with yourselves, we must admit that we tend to look at ourselves as a person just getting by. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just getting by. I'm barely making it. I, I mean, I'm talking about the people right here looking at me, watching online here at, at Loftel. You know, you might think I'm talking. No, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about you. Right Now, see, we rarely look at ourselves as this creation that God has produced to deal with the very issues that are going on in your life. We don't tend to think that way. We think somebody else is supposed to do it. But God's like, don't you know who you are? You're this great and powerful being. You have my DNA in you if you're a born-again Christian. You are the very vehicle that should face the thing that's causing you problems. 
See, we get tricked and don't realize that God has gifted us and chosen us. We forget that we're his creation, made in his image, and sadly, disappointingly, we tend to reflect these creatures that are struggling and trying to measure up, struggling to understand our purpose in life. And it doesn't matter whether it's satanic or just life that makes us process that we don't have value and a purpose. You know, you can tell the value of something by the price you're willing to pay for it. Clothes that we're wearing right now, the vehicle that you drove to get here, you know, all the things we have. Some people will pay a lot of money for things that some of us are going to laugh at and go, you're an idiot for buying that. Why'd you spend that? But here's the deal. The value of an item is determined by the appraised sacrifice of the person that wants to get it. So using that analogy, I want us to ask ourselves, because if you're doubting your value, and I know some of you are, I know some of you watching online right now, what price was paid for you in order for you to be hanging around with God for eternity? Let me remind you, you were not picked up for some, you know, medal on the side of the road to cash in, okay? You, you, you weren't, you know, or something that was traded in or, or some hand-me-downs at the local food bank or clothing bank or goodwill store. Jesus said this in Luke 22, verse 20. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So that, folks, is not just any blood you were exchanged for. That's the blood of God. We, we tend to do this. We tend to take things for granted, and sadly, we tend to take what Jesus did for us for granted, and we forget that sacrifice. Not, not usually when we're here and what we just participated in, but when we leave these doors. Like right now, we're good. We're good right now. But when we get by ourselves and go out there and we're not in a group and we're not trying to impress somebody else, we tend to forget. We take it for granted. We've got to understand 24-7, 100% of the time, that our value is determined for eternity by God and that he was willing to pay the price of his life for our life, his blood for our soul. So... We've got to stop processing that we're not worthy. We have got to stop this thing of having a pity party every time something doesn't go our way. We can't do that. That is, that is just the enemy is sitting back having a cigar and a whiskey laughing at us. He's like, I don't have to do anything. They're doing it themselves. They've believed a lie. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. You know, God literally became a man to redeem man. So we could be taken to the throne of God forever. We're born again with the very nature of God in us. We're a, we gotta, we're a whole new order of species is what Christians really are because of the new birth. And if you're here and you haven't been born again, here's the deal. You've been born once, but... but According to the word of God, you have to be born twice. Once in the natural and once in the spirit. Because if you're not born twice, you're going to die twice. But if you're born twice, you're only going to die once. See, I like to say this. 
Look at this, what God did. God created a creature, the born-again Christian, in his own image. God created the born-again person, and, and we become this new species welcomed into his presence forever. Folks, when you hear people say, and I know we've all said it, I'm a child of God. Everyone, and that's a big deal, because everyone has the opportunity to be a child of God, but you're not a child of God unless you, they're born out of that same seed that is the parent. Who's the father? The fathers carry the seed. you got to have the seed of God. Folks, God's family are those produced out of his seed. And then the Holy Spirit comes to reside in us, right? Regenerates us, fills the gap where our dead spirit resided. And the whole born-again process makes us a new species in the God class. So are you, are you, you know, you may have heard this, but I want to, it's good to repeat it. Are, are you understanding, are you getting a revelation of who you really are? Can, can you believe that all through the book, the Bible, right? God from the very beginning has preparing a people to rule and reign. A way to look at this is God is the ultimate coach. He's preparing us to execute the game plan on the field as his players representing him and it's like we're a family for the father we're a bride for the son and we're a temple for the holy spirit and folks this history on earth that we're living right now that little dash you see on all those gravestones between the birth and the death is training for reigning that's what we're that's what we're doing we're training for reigning it's it's practice so to speak the time that we spend here on earth while we're living and breathing, right now, God's watching. Do you realize, it's hard for us to process, but the Bible says every word we speak, everything we do, he's going to have a record of. <laughs> That's a little humbling. That kind of makes me kind of want to, oh, I, maybe I need to repent. Maybe I need to be a way more humble than I've been. Maybe I need to be a little more careful on how I speak. Maybe, maybe I need to be way more careful how I drive. Maybe I need to be very more careful how I communicate to my brothers and sisters when I'm away at work. And see, he wants to know how well we're understanding the mission and the assignment while we're here. Now, it doesn't matter how big and successful the world says we are or how well we follow through on God's assignment for, for each one of us according to the world's standards. It's according to God's standard on what success is. And according to God's standard of what success is, it doesn't matter how big, how wealthy, how good you look, all these things that the world puts all its attention on. Uh-uh. It matters how well you do with the assignment he gave you. Did you process that the right way, and did you follow through, and were you obedient? God's version of success is so much different than the world's. In other words, the purpose of our lifetime, which is the snap of a finger, right? When you look at eternity, flicker of a light switch, is to give us this opportunity to practice and hone in on our skill sets, to train us to reign, because when we finally get judged by the Father at the end of our life, he wants to position us in the administrative of his kingdom in the new heaven and the new earth. I mean, for me, when I first heard this years ago, this was a mind blower. It gave me a real sense of purpose. I was kind of lazy. I'm like, uh-uh, I can't, I can't slack off. 
Because God's watching me. He's seeing how well I do here in administration of the time, talent, treasure, and testimony. So he can go, Adam, I'm going to put you here in the next realm. You may, not, you may not agree with that, but I'm telling you, that's what the Bible says. Right? He wants to be to know where you're going to position, be positioned in the new heaven and the new earth. And it's based on your faithfulness in the assignment here. Because your faithfulness represents your capacity to govern. Another way to say it is, how did we steward our time, talent, treasure, and testimony? So when we read about things in the, in the scriptures, for instance, when we find Paul writing that letter to the Corinthian church, there's a couple of them we have. There was a third one we, we don't have. But we have Corinthians 1 and 2. And when we read, this church wrote him a letter, and they were having some arguments. They were having some uh, disputes. They were, they, they were having just some discussions and about judging matters within the church. It was a new church, okay? Things such as that we have happening today, such as uh, some of the people in the church owed other people money. There was uh, sexual immorality going on in the church. Uh, I'm just telling you, it's the same issues we have today. Same issues. And Paul says to them in his response, what in the world is wrong with you all? But did you know? He's like, don't you know who you are? He goes, you guys are forgetting who you are, and you're acting like fools. Let, let's read this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 1. Paul says, does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the matters of this life? In other words, what Paul's saying here is, if you guys have a dispute legally, what in the world are you doing going to the police and the court system in Cape Town? Because you know what happens when you do that? The whole world can see how dysfunctional the church is. It's an incongruent testimony. And why would outsiders want to be a part of a group that's just as messed up as the world? Is that making sense? Are you smelling what I'm cooking? See, here's the deal. When you have a dispute with each other, and let's just, be, let's just put this elephant right out here. You do. You may not want to admit it, but you know you're admitting it to somebody else. I got a problem with her. I don't like him. And you'll tell your friends here. Hopefully your friends are real friends and they'll say, stop talking to me about it. Go talk to them about it. See, Paul's saying, when you have those disputes, why in the world are you going outside to the world to fix it when you're supposed to fix it here? Amongst yourself, within the family? Because Paul's saying, don't you know who you are? And then verse 2 in this says, the saints, that's us. If you didn't know, you're the saints. We're the saints. The born-again people are the saints. We're the royal priesthood. He says the saints will judge the world. The world. The world is going to be judged by us. So in other words, he's saying, don't let the world judge you. You're to judge the world. That would be like having, if you're a parent and you have children, allowing your children to set the rules in the house and make the, de the decisions. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? See how backwards that is? 
Because why would the kids have to do it? Because the parents are dysfunctional. And if the world is to be judged by us, don't you realize that you are to figure out this minor stuff within your house now? This is training for reigning. It's practice. It's practice. It's okay if what I'm saying, like, you might get you a little upset right now, and maybe you're like, wow, I didn't know that. I haven't done that very well. That's okay. Hallelujah. Repent. Start over today. You're not where you used to be, but you're not where you need to be. It's okay. Like, if some of this stuff, that's what's so amazing about God. I mean, we're here today. We got another day. Like, we started, it's a new day. It's a cycle. We got a new day. And if you're here every day, you go, oh, hallelujah, there must be something I'm not getting right. Or there's something I am getting right, and I'm here for a purpose to help somebody else get it right in the way I carry myself. Because I want a congruent testimony, not an incongruent testimony. Hallelujah. And then Paul says this one. This is a mind blower. The saints, that's us, will judge angels? Huh? Those warring celestial beings that are, you know, in the unseen realm, we're going to judge them? I, I, did you read that? Are you seeing this? So the way I see this, our life here, I already said, it's like preseason. Because it's the teaching, it's the training, it's the equipping and the practicing we are getting while we're living here, this time here, that God is using to determine where he wants to assign us for the next realm, for after this life. Because if you're a Christian, you know this isn't it. This isn't, the, this isn't all there is, right? Let me share this that Jesus talked about displayed in, in God's word in Luke chapter 19, starting with verse 12. Jesus said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a messenger after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, that he commanded those servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much everyone had gained by trading. All right, let's, let's break this down a little bit so there's no misunderstanding what Jesus was sharing in this parable. Okay, so I'm just going to state some obvious things here. Who is the nobleman that's going to a, attain a kingdom in return? Who? You know? Jesus. Jesus is the nobleman who's going to receive a kingdom and return. And they hate him. Is that not what we saw when he came? Because he said what? The kingdom of God is here now. Not when I return. It's here now. And that was 2,000 years ago. How come we're not acting like that? Most of us are just waiting to escape. Uh-uh. We're supposed to reflect the kingdom of God because we got it. But we don't believe it. And we certainly don't act like it. Right? I mean, are we occupying? No, the world is. We only occupy here in this realm, in the religious realm. That's it. We let the government, the, all of the other things, entertainment, sports, banking, school, family, all those things, we've surrendered them to the satanic. But we're supposed to be leading in everything because it's all his, and we're his stewards. Again, all we got to do is say, God, I ain't doing it right. Please forgive me. I'm going to do better today. I mean, here's, here's an analogy. I used this yesterday. We should ask, act 
like we're saving 10 seats here at church and we're the only ones waiting for those other nine to show up. You know how aggressive you get when you got to save seats? You ever had to save seats like that in an arena or come some event? And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, taking off your jacket, maybe taking off your belt. Don't, don't sit there. Ladies putting a purse over there and stuff over there. You know, you're because you're, if you don't do that, the seats are going to be lost. Well, that's the same way we're supposed to act as God's kid with the entire culture, with all of society. Jesus is saying, aggressively take a position and don't relinquish it. And then Jesus here in verse 15 says, he wants to know how much everyone had gained by trading. Well, the way I get this, apparently, God expects us to occupy and multiply while he's away. See, that's the Great Commission. Pastor Jocko said it. This is what this church does. They want to make, make born-again believers and disciples. Most of us stop at the gospel of salvation. That's making believers. We don't really do a very good job of making disciples to understand they're supposed to occupy the nation. Why? Because we want South Africa to be a sheep nation and not a goat nation. Because a sheep nation lives forever in eternity and a goat nation doesn't. I have the same problem in America. We've been here now ministering since last Sunday. This is the eighth of nine times we're ministering. And I've been able to talk to so many of your countrymen. And you guys have a lot of the same problems we do. Maybe tweaked a little bit differently. But, in, but the bottom line is those that are leading the country are people that don't know what they're doing. They're certainly not living through the filter of a lens of, of the creator, of God. Okay? See, in other words, God is expecting us to bring in more brides, okay, and to occupy the culture with the teachings that he shared with us. That's what he said. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is the multiplying part of the Great Commission. And then he said, teach them all things I taught you, which is the occupying part of the Great Commission. It's, it's on both sides. And as we read on, Jesus is teaching that faithfulness with our calling, with our giftings, translates to a judgment by God of our productivity of that, which further translates to an assignment in the kingdom in the ages to come over populations, over enterprises, over cities that will be in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, if you're having trouble with this, and you may be, let me... I don't know if you can see this, but what I'm holding in my hand right here, what that is, that's an acorn, okay? In America, we have oak trees too. What I'm just holding in my hand right here, yeah, it looks like an acorn, but you know what it really is? It's a big oak tree. This, this little seed is a big oak tree, Okay? And in that very same way, each and every one of us start out as these little baby Christians with the capacity to grow. We're a little acorn that can develop into a mighty oak. So I hope, I hope you can, you know, taste what I'm chewing. The DNA of the acorn is programmed to produce the oak tree, and the DNA of the oak tree is hidden in the acorn. I'm just reminding you that you're a whole lot more 
than you think you are, and you better start occupying the way God has called you to occupy. Stop walking around with this satanic bombardment about your dysfunctional family or your health issues or your financial situation or whatever is the latest victimhood mentality distraction the world throws at us that we latch on to. Folks, that is the Satan's playground. We need to step into that place that you and I are children of another dimension. We are a new species. The moment that you can identify with who you really are, you can start to see the new species manifest in this world. That touches every area of our lives. And we begin, when we do this stuff, to manifest the authority of the kingdom of God because we're called to rule and reign and not cower back. And that's why we're called a community of kings and priests by God. Like, you tend to think, like, maybe just me or somebody with a title, like pastor or doctor. No! Our job, our assignment, the five-fold ministry assignment is to teach, train, and equip you to do the work of the ministry. Now... I've used this a lot. I describe the fivefold ministry using the hand. Okay? The apostle is the thumb. He can touch all the other fingers. It's the strongest finger. It's the apostle. The prophet, the index finger, points the way, direction, vision. Okay? The middle finger is the longest finger, and in its, it's the evangelist, and in its extension, it's, 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 it's dangerous for them because they're by themselves. They're the evangelists because they extend the farthest. So that's why the evangelist should be sandwiched between the prophet and this one. The ring finger, okay? This is the pastor, the shepherd of the, of the, of the church because he's married, see my ring? Married to the local assembly, okay? And then this little baby, the little finger, the pinky, is the teaching gift because it's the only one that fits in your ear. Now, I contend that a lot of the teaching has inaccurately prepared us for what our assignment is. They meant well, but they just didn't, they didn't have the understanding. Because we just aren't supposed to preach the gospel of salvation. We're supposed to preach the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of salvation is a part of the gospel of the kingdom. In fact, it's the first part. It's the, it's the thing you start with. You're born again. You don't bring a kid up to the altar to get them, they become saved, and then you leave them there. No, you teach and train and equip them to understand that whole moment and experience they just had, what that conversion was about. It's to produce a transition and a transformation life so that you can live the God, the kingdom of God commandments in your life, in your culture. To reshape the culture. To make it a kingdom culture. And then a king, instead of a kingdom that's under the onslaught of antichrist manipulation. That's what's going on in the western civilization. That's what we see all over the planet. I mean, are you aware that this year, 64 nations in the planet are going to be having elections? It's the most in, the, in like the last 100 years. It's like, this is enormous. So there's an opportunity, as we've had, as a world like never before, to make our votes go through the lens and filter through the lens of what the Bible says when we make a choice. Christians, we have such a responsibility and opportunity to unite, to, as I've been saying, we are one. 
Hallelujah, I got you there. All right, hallelujah. Because we need to see Mounier. We need to unite. Mm. And I know there's people that have problem with this. You know, they just don't seem to get this. And I think I know why. I think it's because they haven't renewed their mind to what this means. Romans 12, 2. My favorite scripture. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is. We can't, if you don't get a renewed mind, you're not going to understand what the will of God is, and you're going to keep doing the will of self. Remember, new wine goes into a new wineskin. Two times that word new, before the new wine and new wineskin, the word new, two, both times is a different, has a different meaning. New the first time into new wine means new in quantity. It's a new greater quantity. And the, last, and the second time new for skin means new in quality. So in other words, we've got to get a new mind skin to understand what happened to us when we're born again. Because if you don't reprogram your mind to keep pace with what you have in your new spirit, your mind will keep you stuck in a dimension of non-development. We, me and Candace, had a, we wrote a book about this called Soul Transformation, Your Personal Journey, to understand what happens to, in, our, in our spirit, soul, and body so that we can grasp that we have, a, we have work to do to, to get our soul, which consists of our mind, will, and emotion, to understand that the spirit, the spirit man, the spirit woman in us now is the leader to follow that. But our soul is so stubborn, so prideful, because our mind, will, and emotion wants to do something this way because we've been trained that way. So we have to renew our mind all the time, submit our emotions, don't make decisions on emotions, right? So that we can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when, you, when this manifests for you, it's like it's never-ending. It's like that everything you need, you realize everything you need is already in you waiting to expand to the next level. And I want to I just marinate a layer a little bit. I, wanna, I want to stay on your identity because if you're honest, you will realize that your identity is based on your references. In other words, who you think you are is... Right? Who you believe yourself to be is 100% dependent on the references you choose to embrace in your thinking regarding who you are. If you know you're a child of God, right, you're going to say, I'm a child of God. Right? For instance, when you get references that say something that would make you say this, oh my gosh, you encouraged me really, your encouragement blessed me today. Your call that you gave me today was such an exhortation. Thank you so much. That type of reference, that type of friend in your life, right, begins to create for you an updated identification of who you are. And that results in you being more and more uh, of who you are capable of being because your references are changing. They're reminding you of who you are. Your references are challenging you to be better. They're encouraging you to be better. They are exhorting you to fulfill your purpose and destiny. And all of a sudden, you're no longer that person who couldn't catch a ball in secondary school. Or that kid that everybody made fun of because you hadn't developed like the rest of them have. Or the person that's broke and depressed, wondering why they can't get a job. Or whatever. There's so many things. Just fill in the blank that would apply to you if, if you're getting an understanding here. See, if you get new re references from friendships, references at work... References at church, 
Folks, our whole identity is dependent on the references we embrace. And here's a fascinating reality with respect to references. <laughs> this is, you're going you're gonna to get this. References can be true or references can be false. It doesn't matter because it only matters what you believe the reference is. That's happened so many times because people have launched on to some negative comment made by someone at some time in the past, and they've held on to that as that defines them. I mean, if you, know, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Remember the first time a child, your child drew a picture? <laughs> this makes me giggle. You know, they'll come up and go, hey, Dad, look at what I drew. And you're looking at it, and you're not really sure what it is. Right? And you say, oh, wow, that looks great, honey. Fantastic. What, what is it? <laughs> right? Oh, it's you, Dad. And you say, oh, wow, that's just like me. Great job. What did we just do? I lied to my kid. Why? Right? I don't, because why? We want to empower them. We want to encourage them. Right? We want to affirm ability. Give them a reference point for the future to build upon. Right? I mean, come on, ladies. You do this all the time when you give your man a honeydew list. You give him a, a bunch of chores. You don't, want, you don't want to get negative on him because then he's not going to do it. You're going to tell him, oh, yeah, you might behind his back go, oh, gosh, that wasn't good. But, hey, you're doing great, sweetie. Because you want to you wanna affirm him that he keeps doing it. We all do this. So, in other words, the references you believe, whether they're true or false, are the way you shape your identity. And sadly, we tend to drift towards believing the negative comments more than the positive comments. So how does this apply right here where we are right now in, at Loftal? How does that apply? People, the church is the vehicle that, through which God communicates identity. That's why it's so important that we attend regularly and faithfully. Because we must be in the company of people who are affirming and creating, you know, affirming references for us to become that which we are capable of becoming. But unfortunately, there are times in a church setting, church experience, where people have been disconnected from positive, empowering people, right, who will build for them a sense of who they really are and what they're capable of doing and being. Listen now, because this is a harsh reality of, of just hanging around people. We can't avoid this, though, because we must be around humans to spread the gospel of the kingdom. Okay? That's how we got to do the assignment of multiplying and occupying. And if you don't have, a relation, you have relationships that are creating positive, empowering references for you, well, it's like you're rowing upstream or, you know, you're running against the wind. You're basically playing defense all the while the Satan has got the home court advantage. Folks, one of the main purposes of a church, like this church, is to be an entity that will tell you who you really are. But it's, it's only a couple hours a week. That's if you come every week. Meanwhile, when you go out those doors... The rest of the week is going to bombard you with fleshly things and you have to be mature enough or understand enough to take authority over the references you choose to embrace regarding who you are or you will forget who you are. 
And here's the deal. If you don't do that, it's likely nobody else is going to. Because they got enough to keep themselves busy. If you don't begin to choose and people that will build references for you that affirm your potential and remind you of who you really are, right, who you're born to be, you will really struggle just to get through your day. And it really boils down to this, choose life or death. If you know and understand and can comprehend what you're hearing right now, this is very easy to spot. What am I talking about? If you participate in small groups, some church calls them small groups, cell groups, things that happen outside of the, of the ecclesia, the assembly meetings like we have right now, right? Outside the, the church, right? Fellowshipping throughout the, the week, reading your Bible, okay? Routinely, right? You can tell if people are doing that. I'm just telling you from a couple of decades of experience. You can tell who's doing that. You can tell when they show up at the assembly meeting because they've, they've been around a community or relationship kind of meeting with others, and they're healthier. It's called the body of Christ. Here's the scriptural reference I want us to understand. It's Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. Very famous time when Jesus has got the guys together, and they're down there in Caesarea Philippi, and right over here is the entrance to, to Hades. Okay? Here's what it says. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now I shared that because it is important. It's at this moment that Jesus was showing a model of how the kingdom of God gets built here on earth. And you might be going, well, wait, how? Okay, here it is. Through the empowering revelations regarding who each other really is. One of the key building blocks of the kingdom of God is the empowering revelation of who Christ is first. That's what we do. We, we come to him and go, we know you're the Christ. We're going to bow down to you. We're going to submit our lives to you. We're going to be born again. You are the Christ, right? And then Christ through the community of Christians, reveals who you are. So God wants us to be honest with ourselves and ask, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, your pastor, or are you listening to the TV, the movies, the media, the radio, all of that social media stuff to find out who you are? Jesus is trying to get your attention so you can see that the little acorn is going to produce a mighty oak. And he's trying to get us to understand who we really are. Remember that tapestry example we began with. Another way to process this is if we can change our mind skin to understand the kingdom principles, we're not going to have a problem under, you know, administering what is coming. Don't dwell on your shortcomings to this point. Renew your mind. I've been told numerous times that I've been very blunt. Uh, so I don't want to disappoint anyone. I want to continue being blunt. 
If you are not ruling and reigning right now in this life, you are missing the training needed to reign in the ages to come. So what does that mean? It means if you're in opposition right now, you got something that you're like, I got to deal with this thing that's going on. There's a lot, of op- a lot of things that that could mean. But if you're in opposition right now, you deal with it. Why? Because you are the one as the born-again believer that with your God DNA that is in position of authority to deal with it. It's like you're David with the five stones and the slingshot. And there's a giant in front of you. You don't run away from it. You run to it because you are the vehicle and you have the spiritual weapons to take it down. You might not just be exercising it or you might be living in fear. And folks, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. But we, we tend to act like we're little lost sheep looking for Jesus. Too much fear. No faith. You're, folks, you're not lost anymore if you believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That metaphor does not apply to you anymore since you are now a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You're part of the royal priesthood. Folks, you are now being trained in a house of royalty to rule and administrate. Your challenges, your trials, your tests, your oppositions, your problems are your invitation to grow and to rule. Folks, those are necessary elements that God has put in our lives to bring out of us what he had put in us. He's like, go ahead, you can. We're like these little kids like, no, Dad, I can't do it. And he's pushing you forward going, come on, you can. I know you can. And we just like, no, I'm going to go and run behind Daddy. You do it, Daddy. God, please save me, God. And he's watching going, I already did it for you and you don't believe it, but now you get to do it because I'm in you. Don't you know that? Scripture is filled with example after example of this. It takes a Jezebel to reveal an Elijah. It takes a Goliath to produce a David. It takes your issue to reveal who you are. Now, please don't take offense. But if you are one of those desperate victim Christians, you are missing the whole paradigm of how things are operating for you, even when things are coming against you. Anyone who exercises, runs a lot, will understand. You don't, if you want to run a marathon, you don't start out running a marathon. If you want to lift all these weights, you can't start out lifting all these weights. You start out with little weights, and you start training and building up your strength and your endurance. You build your muscle by resistance. And your capacity to govern in the ages to come is revealed by how well you rule in the midst of your challenges right now. If you're trying to escape them, God's going, well, you can run now, but I'm going to get you later. We always tend to blame the devil. And God's like, he kind of controls him. So God is trying to get us to understand he loves us so much, he wants you and I to grasp the reality that we are more than we think we are. And he's not going to let us run around the mountain again. You know, just going to go around the mountain doing the same thing. He's going to go, okay, I'm going to bring this. You're going to come around to this side again, and there's going to be a giant again. You're going to have to face it. There's going to be walled cities. You're going to have to face it because you have what's in you to defeat that. I know somebody told you long ago you can't, but that's a lie from hell. 
And I'm talking about things that are real, like challenges in your finances, challenges in your health, challenges in our culture. Folks, lovely saints, we're only here for a brief time. God has a great purpose for you, and it's not just to attend church and pay your bills. God has equipped you to rule and reign over his vast cosmos and enterprises, and your time here and now is your training period. Come on, guys. Your opposition is your invitation to rule. Your time is now. So I want to encourage you, go out and take it. All right, so in the spirit of Dr. Gustav, I want to call you all champions. Everyone is a champion, right? I love that about Dr. Gustav. Every time I talk to him, he's like, Candace, you're a champion. And, you know, I know he speaks that to all of you. We are all champions. Every time I'm around him, I feel this intense fire. He is so filled with fire, so filled with encouragement so filled with keys of faith. I'm so excited about his new book that's coming out. I watched the videos, Pastor Yako, that you do and, and your team and just such, this house is so full of faith and so full of encouragement. And I'm not going to take much of your time this morning. I, I, bef- I want to do, uh, well, the Lord wants to um, have a quick time of healing uh, this morning, but We're going to have um, more of a healing service tonight. We've seen some amazing miracles happen while while, uh, Dr. Adam and I have been here for the last week. Actually, yesterday, a young man got out of his wheelchair. Absolutely amazing. Another young man was healed of Crohn's disease in one prayer that I prayed with his mother, and he wasn't even there at the event. The next day, he was being tested by a doctor for his Crohn's disease, and he went in for his appointment, and just this very small prayer that that we prayed, and we just said, Lord, I said, Lord, this man has a destiny. He's a worship leader. He has a destiny, and he cannot have this crippling disease, and I just agreed with his mother, and I said, I believe tomorrow he's going to have a good report. He went in to the doctor, and they said, you have no more signs of Crohn's disease. That's all God, right? So we're going to have some more time for healing tonight, but there's just a few quick things I wanted to share uh, with you this morning, and uh, just real quick scriptures. Um, Before I get started, I just want to let you know that there is a table out there. There's not much left on the table, but all of my books you can find on um, Strike uh, Media, Coom Books, Amazon, they're all here in South Africa, and... um, one, there's a few books on the table out there that are my Heavenly Portals book. And surprisingly enough, I just, they got lost in my luggage, so I, I saw them this morning. Otherwise, they probably all would have been gone tomorrow. But this is about how you can live by eternity. In other words, we have understandings of our natural realms, and then we have understanding of our spirit realms. And so when we shift our eyes to the realms of the spirit, We can begin to live out uh, heavenly places, that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And what does that look like in our lives today? 
And so I teach you specifically about the differences between the resurrection power and the ascension power of God. And the church is walking so much in resurrection power, but resurrection power is the fact that sin, death, and the grave have been defeated. But we need to shift our power source to ascension power. And ascension power means the whole church has raised and is seated with Christ in heavenly places. Remember from the uh, declarations that we made this morning, every spiritual blessing in heaven is ours today. This is not something that we wait for when our body goes into the earth and our spirit and soul go to heaven, but we can live like that every day. There are treasures in heaven available to you today and right now. And when you know and you understand that, you can begin to tap into those places. Because we're sons and daughters of the king, because we have his inheritance, we have it now. We don't have to wait for it. Praise the Lord. Just tap your neighbor and say, I have his inheritance now. The Lord is sending the cleansing rains. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So um, you can pick up a copy of that book, or I have um, these little flash drives here. And these little flash drives have teachings on them, and I have multiple subjects. Can you guys hear me? Just want to just raise your hand if you can hear me. I just want to make sure. Okay, because I can hardly hear myself. So. <laughs> so These little flash drives have like 12 to 17 teachings on them and a variety of subjects. One of those is heaven, angels. I wrote a book on the um, angels of fire, the ministry of angels in the end time revival. And Dr. Adam was sharing how we indeed in the end times will judge the angels. So God has given us angels as resources to partner with for the kingdom of God. And you're going to see that happen tonight. Uh, tonight and maybe even this morning, we're going to just have one time of quick healing. But the angels will come and they will touch you with their fire and they will bring a fire to whatever part of your body is in need of healing. And when you know and understand um, how to work with angels and literally the authority that God has given us over them, uh, you'll walk in a next level uh, of power. And so I don't have any of my angels of fire books here, but you can find them on um, any of the, at any of the bookstores. Um, I have a few other books I did for Sid Roth, um, Releasing Heaven, Teaching You How to Create Supernatural Environments uh, Through Heavenly Encounters. That has my testimony in it, how to walk by faith. Uh, what, is, what does it mean? Um, healing, what are some aspects of miraculous healing, things of this sort. Um, I have a lot of resources that are out there, and they're not only on my website at CandaceSmithman.com, but you can get them if you type in my name into Google. Just type in Candace Smithman in Google, and if you type in the It's Supernatural Network, I have a program on there that um, Sid Roth's team does for his It's Supernatural Network, and it's called Your Path to Destiny. And so we have like 48 uh, messages that I've done. All these are free resources. So just type in my name. It's Supernatural Network. All those TV shows will come up. You can also watch my Glory Road television show here, right here in South Africa. It's on the Faith Networks. So I'm on a couple of times a week here on Faith Networks. 
uh, as well as Life CBN. Um, our programs go all over the world. We're on a few Asian satellites. We're in the United States. So um, we're in Asia right now where Dr. Gustav is at. And um, these programs uh, not only um, help uh, our teaching programs, but we prophesy. I mean, there's lots of healings that happen on these programs. I get lots of different messages where people watch the program, and they received healing in a specific area. So these are just a few things I wanted to share with you about Adam and I because you may not may not know who we are and what we are doing in the earth. So we are traveling around a lot this year. And as Adam was sharing, we are uh, really traveling around helping people, uh, the, the body of Christ, to rise up in kingdom. Um, I know here at Loftal, you get a lot of teachings from Dr. Gustav and the rest of the staff about the importance of kingdom. But this is truly a year in 2024 where the kingdom is arising. And God is calling his people to rise up and to stand for who they are in Christ, to go to your poles, to do what you need to do in your environments so that you are able to change and shift what's happening in the earth. We've been given the authority to do that, but we have to step out and activate by faith who we are. And that means uh, doing things like, um, like voting and voting Christian first. Vote your values. Vote what you believe to be true about who you are and what you want to see happen in your nation. And so I believe that God brought Adam and I here to link arms with South Africa. Um, we're going to many nations this year and just encouraging um, members of God's kingdom to really rise up. Do not be fearful of what you're seeing and hearing. I just want you to know that, you know, it seems as though sometimes we don't know how many there are of us, but let me just tell you this, there's more of us than there are of them. Whoever the thems are, there's more of us than them. There's more heavenly resources behind us. There's more angels than we might be able to see with our natural eyes that are coming behind us. Remember in 2 Kings chapter 6 when Elisha told the servant, open your eyes that you might see that there are chariots and there are horses. There are more of them that are there. Now, many times the enemy has um, entranced our media, entranced our governments doing these kinds of of things in such a way that um, uh, they they have a message that speaks very loudly, okay? And it's it's these messages that are coming forth um, are messages that are really the demonic crying out loudly that the sons and daughters of the king have arisen. Hear me clearly. Whenever there's a manifestation of demonic forces, it's because those forces have come in contact with someone in the kingdom. And they begin to manifest because they begin to see that there is power that has arrived on the scene, right? We know that from the word of God. And so when, we, when you turn on your television sets or you watch YouTube or TikTok and you're seeing all this craziness that's happening, all that's happening is the enemy is getting really loud because the sons and daughters of the king are arising. He, they, he, they don't know what to do, so they're starting to scream out and they're starting to create lots of rules and regulations and bondages and things like that to shut us down. But really the good news is that we have arisen, we have the victory, we are the champions, we will take back the land that God has given us, and it's our time and season in nations all over the world. And, and Dr. Adams said there's 64 nations coming to the polls today, I mean, this year, I'm 
I'm sorry. It's very, very important that we come knowing that God is calling us to stand for who he is. In America, I'm a part, I'm actively a part of a few campaigns. One of those is on April 13th. We're going to stand on our state capitals and we're going to stand for the king and we're just simply going to go and we're going to pray. We've started more than 2,000 prayer hubs in, in the United States and abroad where people are praying together for their nations, right? They're praying for Israel. We're standing together. What we're saying is that we want to protect our children and we want to protect what God has spoken over the kingdom. And we want God to continue to heal our land. So we're coming together. If you want to go online and you want to check these out, you can go to don't mess with our kids. US, all right, or hervoicemovement.com, or you can go to one million voices.com as well. That is a connection that I have with Lou Engel, and he is setting up an enormous event on our Washington Mall on October 12th, 2024, which is Yom Kippur. It's the highest holy day of the year on the Hebrew calendar. It's where we remember that Jesus shed his blood, but he went up to the mercy seat and he made atonement for our sin. Atonement is at one. He made us at one meant with God. And so we're going to come together as a nation and as nations, and we're going to stand in our homes. We're going to go to the Washington Mall. And this includes South Africa. We want you to join us in this too, because this is a worldwide thing. We're going to take communion together. We're going to ask the Lord to heal our land, heal the nations of the world. Um, but we're also going to declare victory. And we have victory in communion, right? Because through Jesus' shed blood, he he gave us the victory. We just have to stand forth and believe what he's already done for us, right? And sometimes it takes movements like this across the world so that we can literally know there's more of us than there are of them. And sometimes we won't know that unless we gather together. So go to those websites or go to mine at CandaceSmithman.com and you'll see a rotating picture of our United States Capitol. Just click on any one of those buttons there. It'll take you to those websites. Sign up to be a prayer hub leader right here in South Africa. All you have to do is just say, hey, I want to pray with you all. And you're just going to get this sheet and you can just come and pray in your intercession groups. Print that out and just pray and stand with us. Because um, South Africa and the United States of America, we're in the same situations, very, very similar. And so we link arms together over the Atlantic Ocean. God's going to do great things, right? Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap in this house. All right, two more quick things, and then I'm, I'm done with this talking. I'm going to present a scripture, and we're going to move to healing. So on February 6th, um, this brand-new book uh, was released. Um, it's called 365 Prophetic Revelations from the Hebrew Calendar. One of my, uh, my husband's and my specialties is to integrate the Gregorian calendar with the Hebrew calendar. We are indeed in year uh, 2024 on the Gregorian calendar but we are in the year 5784 on the Hebrew calendar. There needs to be a merge between the two calendars so that Christians can know and understand the right times and seasons to come before the Lord. And so in this manual, it's literally a manual here, um, you have a prophetic word for every single day on the Hebrew calendar. And it's a prophetic word that's relative to the month. For instance, right now we're in the month of Adar. Adar it represents three Hebrew letters, A-D-R, Aleph, Duvet, and Rish. It means the power and strength to dwell. 
The focus of this month is Ezra chapter 6. Ezra chapter 6 is when we know and understand that King Darius issued a decree that the temple should be complete and there should be great joy in the temple. And that the people should come before uh, the temple, come before God in the temple and bring him offerings. And then the Lord would divide, he would make divisions as to where the members of his temple with their giftings, would serve him. So many times that's where the Levites and others who had specific giftings would be divided unto serving the Lord. So that's what this month is all about. Now next month is also another month of Adar. Why? Because we have um, every seven years a leap year on the Hebrew calendar to unite us again to the Gregorian calendar. This year happens to be a leap year. So next month is also a Adar. Now, Adar is about joy, but it's also about the power to dwell in the temple. And, and are you not the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not have his power on the inside of you and his strength? So you'll begin to see these things begin to manifest this month and next month. But next month is also where the Jews will celebrate Purim. And Purim is the time where Esther came before the king to stand before uh, the king for her nation and uh, give her life. Uh, so that she would be able to stop the annihilation of the Jews by the evil Haman who was in her government. This is very important. So then right following after that is the month of Nisan, and that starts God's first month of his religious calendar. So what's God doing the next couple of months is he's helping us learn how to stand how to know our spiritual giftings, how to begin to step out into something new. We're coming into a promotion time, and you will begin to manifest that promotion starting in Nisan, which is in the month of April. So this is a setup here because this would be like our December on the Gregorian calendar, okay? But we get two months of it. So God is causing us to go through some processes so that he's stripping us of certain things. He's getting your temple ready so that you will be one that can step into the purpose and destiny that God has for you for the upcoming year, which starts Nissan chapter one. You need to slap your neighbor and say, I'm really excited about this. You are? You should be excited about it. So in this manual, you're also going to get, um, what are the right times and seasons to sow to the Lord? Uh, what is the revelation of the age, ages? I give a revelation for the year 6,000, which is 216 years from now. Technically, you all, including me, we're called transitionary prophets. Because anytime you come before a new age, and new age is not a counterfeit term. It's actually a term from the word of God. When you approach a new age, which is 1,000 or 2,000 years, all right? And so there would be six 1,000 years, or there would be three 2,000 years. And so we're coming up on 6,000. We'll all be in glory by then, but our grandchildren will not be. So our job is we are transitionary prophets 500 years before the year 6,000 to begin to set patterns and structures for the legacy that will come after us. We are called transitionary prophets because technically the prophetic uh, testifies to who Jesus is. And we are called a prophetic people. We are called to prepare ye the way of the Lord. 
We all know that he's coming back, right? But you're living in this day, time, and season, kingdom arising this year of 2024 to make a straight path for the king to return to the earth. Now, this is vital. 2024, that number 24 is the governmental number 12 times 2. This year is government twice is what that means. And this is the year that supernaturally God is saying, I want my kingdom government to know who they are, who I've called them to be, what I've called them to do, and to begin to step into it, to begin to prepare for my return. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. So this book has a lot of other things in it as well. Um, the, but I don't have any copies over there, but I do have a flash drive that has a bunch of teaching on it from there. Like maybe you want to know why should Christians know about the Hebrew calendar? What's the importance of this? Or what's the importance of the various feasts? What does Passover really mean? What does Pentecost really mean? Um, what does tabernacles really mean? You would want to know these things. Instead of skipping over them in the word of God, right, and going, what does this mean? Take some time to learn and understand. Learn and understand the various Hebrew names because um, they're going to come up. Because like in Ezra chapter 6, it said, that the temple was complete on Adar 3. To us, we're like, what's Adar 3? Why, why did you put this in your word, Lord? It's because he wanted us to know specifically certain times and seasons what he was doing. And so if we don't understand what those terms mean, we, can't, we miss some of the treasure that God has in his word. Okay, the last thing I want to share with you. I think I shared this the last time I came, but... Um, so about two and a half years ago, I almost died of COVID. And it was, um, it was very difficult for me because I'm a healing minister. And here I was, um, I was violently ill. I was very, very sick. I had 104 degree temperature. I could not eat. And I actually, my lungs were crystallized. I should have been on a ventilator. Um, miraculously, I was not. But I had um, COVID pneumonia. So... Um, I, uh, I was getting ready for my daughter's baby shower. She was going to come in town. I couldn't get out of bed for like two and a half weeks, so I, ha I hadn't done anything. And, um, and I was praying. I said, Lord, you got to heal me. So many times I felt the angels of fire come and touch me. I could feel fire all over my body. I could feel God that was healing me in so many ways. But he also pulled back a veil, and he let me see how demonic COVID was and how connected to our governments and how um, these portals, demonic portals had been opened and that this had come upon his people. So he had revealed a lot of things to me during that time. But I was asking him, I said, Lord, you've got to heal me. And um, I said, or oh, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm really going to die. And so I hear him loudly in my ear right before my daughter was coming in town to get ready for her baby shower. And the Lord says, if you get the herbs from South Africa, you will be healed. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. But it triggered me because my daughter flies back and forth from South Africa to America and she's been bringing back these herbs and she's been telling me about them. But I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm healthy. I don't need anything. Right. So here the Lord speaks this to me and I'm like, oh, I know what he means. So younger daughter comes in town. I send her to my older daughter's house, but she's out of the country again. So we go and we raid her cabinet and pull out the herbs. She brings them back. And all you do is take one teaspoon of these herbs in like five ounces of water and they bubble up and you drink them down. 
And what, they, what it does is it goes to attack infection, goes to attack sugar, it goes to revive our vital organs, all right? It pulls out sicknesses and, and illnesses. So I, I took this one little glass, and immediately my 104-degree temperature broke. That temperature had not broke for weeks. Then I took another glass that night, and all of a sudden I wanted to eat. I had wanted to eat for weeks. The next day I took two more glasses. I'm getting more energy. The third day I went to my daughter's baby shower. Now I still, I know, praise the Lord, come on. God uses all different ways to heal us, all different ways to heal us, right? So the last day, a full treatment is two glasses a day for three days. That's it. So the last day that I'm at the baby shower, I had one in the morning and one at night. And now I'm starting this healing process. Now, I still had a terrible cough, and I still had, you know, pneumonia that I was working with, dealing with. So I still had to have two more of these treatments, two more of these six teaspoons. Because you do two glasses a day for three days, and you're off for 15, and then you do it again. So I was off for 15, and then I went to do it again, and then I had to do one more treatment. So it was like a month and a half. But then I didn't have any more cough. I had no more brain fog. I had no more the things that come with the COVID. So I said, what is this stuff? So I got on the phone, and I called the rabbi doctor, and I, who, who, who he's the one that God gave the formula to. And I said, what is this stuff? I'm a healing minister. And I said, I prayed. I asked the Lord to heal me. And I said, this is what he told me would bring me healing. I want to know what it is. He said, well, more than 40 years ago in South Africa, we, there was an AIDS epidemic. There was AIDS, HIV um, was rampant. And he said, people were dying in the villages. And so I came before the Lord and I pulled a branch off the tr of a tree. And I said, Lord, like Moses, I want you to show me every herb in this place is going to bring healing to the people. And he says, so I just went around, and he said, God gave me all these herbs. I put them together, and I started giving them to the people that had AIDS. He said, and then immediately they were being healed of AIDS and HIV. He said, and then women that were pregnant with HIV were giving birth to babies that were healthy and had no HIV. And he says, so things started to clear up. He goes, and then we started giving it to diabetics who needed to have amputations. And once they started taking it, they didn't have to have amputations anymore. And he said, then we started to notice that it worked with high blood pressure and hypertension. And then it started to cleanse organs, that kidney stones would pass. That people with urinary tract infections and bladder issues, uh, um, major organ issues, that their, their blood was being cleansed and flushed. So he just went on with, like, all these different things that these little herbs did. Well, I... Um, I was like, okay, I want to bring this into the U.S. He said, I ship to every country in the world, but I won't ship to the United States of America. He says, I haven't, I've wanted to, but I haven't done it because of how things are in the U.S., their legalities and things. And he says, but I have asked the Lord, if I were to do it, who would I give it to? For 20 years, I have asked him that. I said, and he said, now I have heard your voice, and I want to give it to you. So I've been bringing it into the U.S. for two and a half years. 
We've seen miraculous things happen as people have changed their diet. They've eaten right. They've began to exercise. They're doing the right things for their body. But they've also began to go on these herbs. And they've totally increased my strength in so many ways. I travel back and forth between time zones. I'll take this for energy. If I have sinus trouble or I begin to start feel like I'm getting a cold or something, I go and I take that. So when you're under 70, you do your treatments two glasses a day for three days, off for 15, do it again. But when you're over 70, you do one glass a day for three days, off for 10, and you do it again. So why am I sharing this with you? Listen, I'm not trying to sell you anything because I actually don't have any product for you, and you want to buy it from the rabbi. He's right here. He lives in Durban. I'm going to give you the name of his uh, business so that you can reach out to him directly. Okay, so write this down because a bunch of you are going to come to the table and you're going to ask me, who's this rabbi and how do I get this stuff? Okay, so I'm telling you right now, I'm telling everybody online, okay? Now, if you live in the United States of America, he won't ship to you without shipping to me if you're watching from the U.S., all right? But if you're watching from South Africa, get it from him. Tip Top Sweet is the name of the business. Tip Top Sweet. His name is Dr. David Ben-Lulu, all right? He's a rabbi, all right, a Jewish rabbi and doctor. And so he's the one that has it, all right? But I do have some samples here, and you can get some samples. A sample is only one treatment, but this is what healed me of COVID. Let me tell you this last thing. So I was so fascinated by this that I had, to, um, I had to call some doctors. Now, I had started distributing in the U.S., and I'd had doctors and nurses, chiropractors call me, and they say, hey, my patient is on this stuff, and they're, like, getting healed. Like, things are going, what is in this? And I said, well, um, I, changed, you know, I had the labels changed so that we would know what the ingredients are so that we could bring it into the U.S. So I would just share with them the different kinds of teas that are in that are in this, uh, this mix. But I asked them, I said, why did this heal me? I said, I understood, I understand that heals HIV and AIDS and helps out with sexually transmitted diseases, things of this, co- this sort, but why did it help me? And they said, because the same strain that's in COVID is in HIV. And they said, the minute you took this glass, it cleansed your blood. So it's a blood cleanser. It cleanses blood that has infection in it. So after I started taking it, too, I lost 10 pounds. Why? Because all of a sudden, my insulin levels, my own, my own sugar levels started to get regulated. And I started to feel healthier because it, it's energy. You get energy from taking it without any caffeine. There's no caffeine in this at all. So it's not like you're drinking an energy drink. It's all natural herbs right from the ground here in South Africa. So... I just wanted to share that with you. Somebody needs to give the Lord a hand clap. South Africa's got some resources. Come on. Y'all, people, I'm telling you, the resources you have in your land, this, I'm prophesying to you right now, this nation will be a refuge nation. Hear me clearly. It will be a refuge nation for many nations who are fleeing where they're at, and they need to come somewhere that will be safe, Because what you guys are facing with your load shedding and all this that you have to go through, you are resilient people that have become um, self-providers of what you need. You have been forced to come off of the grid in so many ways and develop your own lives apart from the things that you've lost. 
And that will be a lesson to the rest of the world as things get tough. And they'll say, those South Africans have been dealing with this for quite some time, and they have overcome. And we want to know what they know because we don't exactly know it. So you are in a refuge nation and your resources. You have tremendous resources here in every way. And so God has blessed you in amazing ways. And so we're expecting to see, you know, whether you want it or not, there's going to be an influx of nations coming to South Africa for for a variety of different reasons. So that should be exciting because that means more economy too in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to get on these scriptures, but I want my friend, Elizabeth Strauss, to come up here. She's going to tell you in two minutes this ministry that she's involved in because I believe that it's pertinent for South Africans to know this. And I wanted this to be online so that you could hear. She's a part of something called Tent Ministries, and she's going to tell you just super quick what this is and how you can reach out to her if you're interested in this ministry. Thank you, Candice. Um, yes, we are part of Tent International. We are a resource center um, specifically for business people, students, and professionals. So we have this one dream, and that is that there would be one Christian in each workplace and places of study all over the world. So what we do is we just come alongside churches and help them equip the, pe- the business people and the stu- students and professionals on how they live, what they learn in church there at their work. And we take it a little bit further by equipping them to be better at their work. <laughs> and that's what we do. So if you want to see anything more, you can go to tentinternational.org or you can chat with me afterwards. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you. You want to know how to to merge business and ministry? God's called you to ministry, but you need to know how to have the funds to do the ministry that God has called you to. So business is necessary for ministry. It truly is. And and listen, your, um, your apostle, Gustav, he knows that. He knows business and ministry. Dr. Adam and I know business and ministry. There are ways to survive when God has a call on your life, and you have to have business to help support you with the call that God has on your life. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, I need to get this in line. Go to 10international.com. Hallelujah. All right, I'm making you slap yourselves because I don't want nobody falling asleep. You've been listening to a lot of talking here. So I'm going I'm to push forward really fast, okay? See, God can do this, but I don't want you falling asleep. So here's the only quick scriptures I'm going to give, okay? Matthew chapter 13. Because um, Dr. Adam and I have been switching your sight, right, from the natural to the spiritual. And if you're going to walk in kingdom, you have to see spiritual first, and you have to see natural second. Or we say spirit first and soul second. This is the soulish realm, okay? Or we say eternal realms, see eternity first, see earth second, okay? So Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, he was um, asked by the disciples, why do you always talk in parables? And the disciples said that seeing they may see and not perceive, And that hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest they be, uh, lest they come to that place of repentance and seek after forgiveness and be converted. 
okay? Now, why, why would he say that? That kind of, that's kind of like confusing. Why would he want them to see and not perceive? What those words are in the Greek is they're showing the differences between how we see in the natural versus see in the spiritual. They're two different ways. Someone who's been born again has been given the authority and the ability to see spiritually, right? They are now born of the Spirit. Therefore, all their senses can operate spiritually. So you want to be able to see from the spirit realms first and then earthly second, okay? But we often have it mixed up. Because we get born through our mother in the earth, and so all we're doing is seeing naturally. Then we become born again in the spirit, and we get a little bit of aha. We get a little bit of sight, but then we got to grow in that sight. We got to grow so that that sight grows so we can begin to operate kingdom and begin to be in the will of the Father, which is releasing the glory in the earth and seeing signs, miracles, and wonders happen. Right? So you are a game changer. You're a, you're a champion. But you don't even know the resources that God has given you. So we got to shift. So when he says seeing that they may see and not perceive, that word see in the natural is the word bleepo. Bleepo. It means fast, quick images like bleep, 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 bleep. You know, it's what happens like when you're going through TikTok. TikTok, bleep, 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 and then you might stop and pay attention for a second, right? That's bleepo. That's all natural, right? Okay? But then he says, seeing that they may see and not perceive, okay? But he really wants us to perceive, okay? There's a reason he said that. It's because he's trying to show us what we do not know so that we'll come and receive him as Lord and Savior so we can perceive. That word perceive is the word Ido. I want you to say Ido. It's like I do. Say I do. I do is a covenant. When you get married, what do you do? You come before the Lord and the pastor gives you some uh, scriptures to say and you say, I do take you to the man and I do take you to the woman, right? And we do get married, right? I do. So I do or I do is a covenant word. So if we want to see in the spirit, we got to go from bleepo to ido. So technically, you have the ability to be an ido because if you're born again, this is where you should be living and seeing, okay? Now there's another word in the Greek that I'm going to share with you in just a minute that is a word that is anti-bleepo. It's called anablepo. Anablepo. It means anti-bleepo. It's very similar to the word ido. It's a covenant word, and it means recover your sight. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you why that's important in just a second. Then Jesus says that hearing they may hear and not understand. So let's talk about your ears for a second. Hearing what? Hearing is the word in the Greek akuhu. Akuhu. It means white noise. Okay? Now, white noise is like when you keep on the TV. There used to be a time where you couldn't watch TV 24 hours. It would indeed go off. But if you were awake in the middle of the night and you looked at your TV, there would be no images there. There would just be a bunch of black and white uh, noise coming through your TV, like, zzz, like a static, right? 
Or I don't know, maybe some of y'all have seen it. My, my daughter, I, we have four grandbabies, and four grandchildren, and um, a couple of them are baby babies. And so my daughter uses this little, like, egg machine. It kind of, like, lights up, and it sits next to their bed, and it makes this, like, staticky noise. And my grandkids go to sleep to this. I say, what is that? She says, it's white noise. And it says it keeps them in a very, very calm place. So a cuckoo is white noise. It puts babies to sleep. I need you to hear me. A cuckoo is white noise. It puts babies to sleep. So that is the hearing of the natural. Now, the Lord says that hearing they may hear and not understand because he wants us to understand. Understanding is the Greek word suniame. It's also a covenant word. <laughs> and it means that we would have understanding of spiritual things. All right? That we would step into an understanding of covenant. That our ears would tweak to an understanding when the word comes forth that would shift us into this place with the Lord. Okay? Now, this is, this is important. So... There's two different kinds of hearing, two different kinds of seeing, two different kinds of hearing. Now, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus himself had to recover his sight. And you might say, uh, how does that work? Okay, so you remember the story, uh, the miracles of the 5,000, how Jesus fed the 5,000, right? Well, it says that the apostles came to him and they said, Jesus, we got to feed these people. And Jesus said to them, well, you go get something to eat. And then he tells the people, he says, tell the people to sit down. He wants them to sit down, okay? He wants them to relax. And the word says that he looked at them, okay? And we know they were sitting down, okay? So we know that Jesus, and when he looked, they, he was looking down because they were sitting down, okay? So he's looking at them, and he's looking in the natural and it says that he saw the multitudes. The word multitude means diseased, lack, sick, poverty. That's how he saw the people. Okay? So he's seeing down this way. He's looking into this natural realm, which is down. And then it says he received the five loaves and the two fish. And then he looked up before he blessed the bread and the fish to multiply it before he broke it and before we see everyone being fed. Now, that word looked up is the word anablepo, which means that Jesus, our Messiah, had to recover his own sight in order for the miracle to be done. Does somebody hear what I'm saying? Now, this is our Messiah, 100% God, 100% man. But he, was, he can see in the natural as much as he can see in the supernatural. You can see in the natural. You can see in the supernatural. We can be in two realms, right? Our problem is we spend too much time in the natural because the supernatural we don't understand. And we don't have the senses timed quick enough to be able to see and hear supernaturally. So Jesus knew he had to recover his sight before the miracle was to be done. 
So he looks up to heaven. Now, we also know that the five loaves of bread represent the body of Christ. And, we, and so he lifts them up. It, it represents his body being broken for us, who is the body of Christ. Okay, so he lifts up his body and he breaks it, right? And the fish represent us, the multiplication of the fish, right? But that's all extra theological stuff. The practical aspect is he went from viewing this to looking up, and now he was about to do a miracle. Now, if you want to see miracles happen, you want to see miracles in your life, you want to be the kingdom game changer that God is calling you to be, you have to be looking up all the time. You have to be living from here first and here second. You got to shift your center. Stop living from here first and there second. No, 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 no. We're going to repent today. Here first, there second. Because that's what's going to give you the power to make the change in the earth as kingdom arising. All right? Now, many times in the word of God, when miracles were done in any way, that word anablepo shows up in the area of sight. Someone will say, Jesus, heal me. I cannot see, right? And, and what they're saying, I cannot see in blepo. And then, and then Jesus lay hands on them, and he'd say, recover your sight, okay? And, he, and so he would say, you know, look up, or he'd say, be healed. Well, then immediately they would switch from blepo to anablepo, recover your sight. So that's what we're going to do today. So I'm going to ask right now, we're going to do this corporately, because I believe that spiritually you got to see from, you got to switch from the natural to the supernatural. you got to do this. Okay, and then I'm going to ask specifically if you have an eye issue or a hearing issue, I want you to come up here to me. But corporately, we're going to do this because it doesn't matter if you have a current eye issue or ear issue in the natural. We all have eye and ear issues uh, from a spiritual standpoint in the natural. Okay, it means that we can't see and hear what God wants us to see and hear properly. So all of us are crippled in that area. Somebody needs to hear me. Okay? Because you have to be trained to see and hear properly, right? So all of us start with the same grid. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you're going to see and hear properly. you got to be trained to see and hear properly. All right? So everybody stand up for me right now. So, Lord, we just praise you and we thank you in this place, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your, your healing power. We thank you for your sight, Lord Jesus, that you're bringing forth. We thank you, Father, that you're shifting atmospheres here, Lord, and you're taking us from a place of natural sight to spiritual sight. Lord, we thank you that we look in this realm. I want everybody just to look ahead at me. You're looking in the natural realms right here. And now I want you to recover your sight and shift upward. Look up right now. Look up. You're doing it in faith. You're looking up right now. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Yeshua, Lord. I thank you, Father, that spiritually and supernaturally, you're breaking off every bondage of blepo, and you're taking us to anablepo and covenant in the mighty name of Yeshua. I say break, break, break right now in the name of Jesus. I say that there's an impartation coming upon you that you might see now into the realms of the Spirit, that you might see angels, that you might see fire, that you might see glory clouds, that you might see God doing things in the supernatural in dreams and in visions. I open that realm up to you right now in the mighty name of Yeshua, that you would connect with heaven in such a way that heaven is, is a reality to you and that earth becomes something 
it needs to be changed in the mighty name of Yeshua. Just keep looking up right now. Look up right now. I believe right now in the name of Jesus that God is healing eyesight right now. Right now in the name of Yeshua. There's angels in this room right now. There's angels of fire coming around you, coming around you right now. Hallelujah. We're going to say the same things for ears right now. Right now. Same thing for ears in the mighty name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you, Father. We started out with our kuhu ears, natural ears. But we say shift to Sunni Ame. Understanding right now. Understanding of the word of God. Proper hearing in the supernatural right now. That you might hear angels that you might hear trumpets, that you might hear sounds from heaven, that you might hear the word in a fresh new way in the mighty name of Yeshua. I hear it. I hear it right now. I hear it in the spirit realms. If your ears have been clogged right now in the mighty name of Yeshua, if you'd have pressure in your sinuses, if you had any types of operations on your ears, losing your hearing right now, I say break. Break right now to those ears. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you might hear the sounds of heaven right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you, Father, that we are ones that perceive now and understand now. I thank you, Lord, that those of us in this place and online, Lord, are receiving in the mighty name of Yeshua. Just receive right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just feel that shift right now. Thank you, Jesus. Eyes and ears come alive. Come alive. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you, Father, for the new vision and the new hearing in the name of Yeshua. Now, I said I would call up eyes and ears that specifically have had some type of damage or you're not seeing I don't mean vision like you want 20-20 vision and you have the 20-30. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people that have serious eye issues and serious hearing issues. If that's you and you want to come up here to the front, I'm going to release these angels of fire to come and touch you in one of those two areas, eyes or ears, in the name of Jesus. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe for all the rest of us, where we may not have severe issues one way or the other, severe hearing or severe eye, that the Lord is tweaking our eyes and our ears right now that we might see and hear even better. I'm going to come down. Lord, I thank you for these angels of fire coming around right now. The blue angels of fire pull impurities out of the body. They pull out impurities, and we know this from Isaiah chapter 6, because we know that when God was commissioning Isaiah, he sent what's called a copper serpent. That word copper is um, representative of the color blue. Whenever there is fire, and you might see fire in your fireplaces, or you see fire in a candle, whenever you see blue, what's happening is copper is burning. So we know that the specific angel that came to pull impurities out is impurities of a blue fire angel. Now, some of you have seen certain things, you've heard certain things, and there's been impurity that is somehow hanging around in the eyes and the ear area, 
all right? So there's been damage. There's been some type of damage or else you would not be where you're at today, okay? So damage has come upon you, all right? Then we call for the yellow angels of fire. Why? They bring sodium. Sodium is a purifier. It flushes out what sickness lies, okay? So it's also a purifier. Then we have calcium, which is orange. Now, all that I'm calling out, those are different colored fire angels, but there are also different properties in the earth that burn these colors. When calcium burns, it burns orange. When sodium burns, it burns yellow, all right? So, Lord, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Yeshua, Lord. We see that there's eyes and ears in this place right now, and you have the eyes. Can you see it all? Okay. All right. How about her eyes? Okay. Okay. Right, not the ears. You have an eye. You lose your one eye. We're going to ask for God to grow that back. What, what's you, honey? 20% on that side. Okay. I'm going to start here, and I'm going to move over and ask you guys. Okay. Lord, I thank you right now, that left eye in the mighty name of Yeshua. I thank you, Father, right now. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, for that left eye right now to increase in its sight in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for those blue angels of fire, yellow and orange, touching her right now. I say fire, fire right now to those eyes in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I ask for those brain trees to awaken right now. I ask for light to be refractory right now in that left eye in the mighty name of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Father, that you're breaking. You're breaking every tie right now, every bondage right now. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Every nerve ending is arising right now. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Bring forth that light. I speak light. Light on the inside, light to the eye right now in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you. Fire, fire, fire. I say recover your sight. Recover your sight. Anna Blipo right now in Jesus' name. I say fire right there. Fire, 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 fire. I feel that. I feel that. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Right to the ear right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every brain tree awaken right now. You stay right there. Stay right there. Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. No man, no woman, Lord Jesus, can do these miracles, Father. Only you can do these miracles, God. As we recover our sight, we look to you and you alone, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you are breaking off bondages right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. I speak to your eyes right now in the name of Jesus. I ask that the Lord would bring forth a new eye in your left eye, that he would begin to grow it right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I speak fire to your eye right now. I speak that like an oyster shell where a piece of sand comes in and then it builds a beautiful pearl, that the sand would come in your eye and that it would build into a pearl that you would see through. In the mighty name of Yeshua, I praise you and I thank you, Father. We thank you for miracle right now in the name of Jesus. All the way to his ears, let the brain come alive right now and fire right now in the name of Jesus. A fire all the way down the back of your neck right now, all the way to your jaw. Fire come right now, right now. And Lord, begin to build, begin to build sight right now. I ask, Father, you give him supernatural sight. I want you to see out of your left eye that you have no 
your left eye right now. I believe in the spirit realms that God is giving you a vision and that you're able to see right now that you have no physical eye. God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. You're giving them the ability to see right now. We believe it in the mighty name of Yeshua. Just stand right there. Keep, keep staying in that place. We are calling out fire. Lord, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. Can somebody hold my mic for me? Lord, I praise you and I thank you in the mighty name of Yeshua. Lord, I thank you, Father. You said that the deaf hear, the lame would walk, and the blind would see. You said that when kingdom is here, Father, these things happen. So I pray right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. Go down deep. I speak fire, fire, fire to those ears, Lord Jesus. Every damage, Father, that has happened to her, Lord. Even through trauma, Lord Jesus, Father. Any of those nerve endings, Lord Jesus, that go from her ears all the way through her brain, Lord. Down the back of her spine, Father. Any of those vibrations right now, I say fire, come in right now. Lord, I thank you, Father. Go down deep. Go down deep and tear out, Lord Jesus, any blockades. Any blockades right now. Rebuild the eardrum right now in the name of Jesus. Rebuild all the little bones and structures in the ear right now. I say fire to the ears. Fire to the ears right now in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are breaking off curses right now in the name of Yeshua, Lord. Anything, Father, that her ears, Lord Jesus, or come around her ears, Father, that would have created a curse, we break now in the mighty name of Yeshua. I say break. I say break right now in the name of Jesus. I say break, break, break right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray for her eyes right now. I pray that she shall recover her sight, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. You promise us, Father. I say, look up, look up, and anything, Lord, that is blocking the eyes right now would come unloose. Ooh, in the name of Jesus, I just feel that right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for that fire right now. Ooh, that fire just surrounding you. There you go. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And Lord, we just speak. We speak light and life right now. I want you to stay here, okay? I'm, I'm allowing that fire to work on you. I'm going to come back to you in just a minute. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, what hurt? Uh, what's the eye or the ear? Both eyes. Are you at, um, can you see it all? Little. Okay. Um, can you see me clearly? No. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, keep your hands up. Lord, I thank you right now. I ask you, Lord Jesus. Whew, hallelujah. Lord, go back there. Light, light, refract right now. Waking up the brain trees, waking up the nerve endings. Thank you, Jesus. Whew, ooh, ooh. Right there, right there. Thank you, Jesus. Recover your sight. Anna Bleepo, in the mighty name of Yeshua. Lord, I ask for fire to those eyes right now that those angels of fire touch you. Fire, fire, fire coming upon you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. Lord, increase the vision, clarity, clarity. 10%, 20%, 30 percent, 40 percent, 50 percent, 
Hearing. Okay. Can you hear it all out of that ear? Okay. And, but you can hear clearly here. Okay. Have you felt any fire while I've been praying? Have you felt any fire? Felt something? Okay. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord. I thank you, Father, that pressure, Lord, that's been coming down her sinuses, Lord, running into her ear right now and up the back of her neck right now. I just say break in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you're going down, way down deep in the air, and you're digging out right there, right there, just digging out, digging, whoa, right there right there right there i thank you father we thank you for fire we thank you for those blue angels of fire the yellow the orange ones touching you right now i thank you jesus i thank you suni amy we say suni amy right now suni amy thank you lord for spiritual hearing right now just begin to quicken it just begin to quicken it right now just break 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 in the name of jesus thank you lord Thank you, Lord. There you go. There you go. That's a fire of God. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Increase it. Clarity. 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 Right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. Right there. Right there. Thank you, Jesus. Just receive. Stay right there. Let him keep touching you. Okay, so the eyes and then the ears, right? No, yes, yeah, both of us. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. Lord, I speak fire right now to the eyes in the name of Yeshua. I see fire burning behind your eyes. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're burning off any blockades right now, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that light, Lord, is increasing right now. I thank you, Father, for that fire, Lord, that's going all the way to the back of her head, Lord Jesus. Every brain tree, Father, is becoming activated all the way down her spinal cord right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you and we thank you even to the ears right now. Hallelujah. And I see even underneath the eyes in this area right now. Lord, I speak. I speak light and life right now. We break off, Lord, any damage, Father. Anything that she's seen, Lord Jesus, Father. Anything that may have caused us distress. Right now, in the mighty name of Yeshua, I say break. I say recover your eyesight right now. Recover, recover, recover. Thank you, Lord. Just burn, burn, burn with that fire right now in the mighty name of Yeshua. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Just stay right there. Stay right there. Okay, tell me. You can hear it. You can hear it, and it's louder. It's louder. It's louder. Hallelujah. We got a healing here. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is good. Okay. Open your eyes for me. What do you see? Am I clear? Yeah? Nope. How about behind me? No, any difference at all. It's still the same. Okay, let me just pray again. Okay. So let me take a few times. Lord, we thank you for working in miracles. We thank you, Father, that when we declare it and we decree it, Father, sometimes it takes a few moments, Lord, for you to bring forth that sight. But I thank you right now, Lord. Lord, any cataracts right now, I ask you to burn off and remove. Go way, way back there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The left eye and the right eye. Let those angels keep working on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to shift his eyesight right now. Shift it. 
shift it, shift it. We say clear, clear, clear. I see these, there's these blockades. There's like this film. Lord, I ask you to remove that film right now. Pull back the veil, pull back the veil right now. Pull it back, pull it back. Thank you, Jesus. Give him visions right now. I want you to see your eyesight in the name of Yeshua. See yourself seeing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, I want you to stay right there. Stay right there. Keep your eyes shut. I'm going to come over here to her. How you doing? How you doing? Yes. I think I can feel it slighter. There's not a weight on this arm. Okay, so you're feeling like the eyes releasing. Has it changed your vision at all? Or is it, okay, but the pain is gone. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. So we say working of miracles over you in the name of Yeshua. Let me ask, Kenny. Can you hear anything? Can you hear anything? Ah, she turned her head. No? Okay. All right. Can you ask her if she can hear anything different? No? Okay. It's all right. How about I see? She sees. Can she see clear? Can you ask her the nuts again? Are you seeing clear? Yes. She said, yeah? A little better? Yeah? Okay, let me pray again for the ears. Stubborn. Was this since childhood? Has she been, was she born? She was born like this. Yes, something in the womb. Okay, I'm going to go back. Can you hold my? Lord, I thank you in the mighty name of Yeshua, Lord, that where she was formed in her mother's womb, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Father, to go all the way back to that place, the forming in the womb, Father. Lord, I thank you where the seed and the egg came together, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, you are the great creator, Father, and where you created her, Lord Jesus, from the very, very beginning, Father. We just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would reverse the clock, even in the age that she is right now, and you would begin to reverse those ears all the way back, Lord Jesus, to what you intended, which is wholeness and total wholeness in the ears, Father. So I say go back, Lord Jesus, and remake her ears right now in the name of Yeshua. We ask for the angels to come, Lord Jesus, and begin to work on the inside of her ears, way down deep, Lord. And Father, I ask you, Lord Jesus, for any unclogging right now, Father, anywhere where there's nerve endings, Lord Jesus, anywhere where that flesh and, and tissue and cartilage came together to build the ear, Lord, anything that was missing, we say, come back in now in the name of Yeshua. I say, Lord, just recreate the ears right now and recreate the sound fresh from the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for that fire. We thank you for that fire right now. We thank you for recreating. I say, recreate your ears right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you. I say that for the eyes too, Father. Bring forth that vision and that hearing. Ooh. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. We believe, Father. We believe that you're working this out. It's called a working of miracles for a reason. We declare it. We decree it. We pull down strongholds. We break bondages. And we declare and decree a new creation in the ears in the name of Yeshua. Amen, amen. 
Hallelujah. Okay, and then you're going to be a work in progress. Okay, right? Because we asked for a rebuilding of the eye. But did you see anything in the spirit? When I asked to see in the spirit, did you see yourself seeing out of that eye? Yeah? Yes, but did you see in the spirit? Yes. Yes, yes. That's what you need for right now. And then we asked him to rebuild it like sand builds a pearl. We asked for a rebuilding, all right? So I believe that you're going to get a new eye. I believe that. And I believe that her hearing process is starting. Sometimes it takes a while. Okay, how about you? Okay, all right. How about, is, how about this? Is that still the same? Look at me. Yeah? Is that still the same? Is that still the same? Yeah? Do you feel any fire at all? A little fire. Okay. All right. Have you had trauma to your eyes? Okay. All right. So, again, birth. Lord, I praise you and I thank you in the name of Yeshua. We go back. We go back when his eyes are being formed, Lord. And we thank you, Father. I see that the... Um, the nerves, the optic nerves and all that go, that they did not come together right at your birth. And so, Father, I'm going to ask right now in the name of Yeshua that you would make them to come together right, Lord Jesus. Oh, I feel that fire right there. Make them come together right, Lord. Make them come together right in the name of Yeshua. We praise you and we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Make them come together right, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those optic nerves right there, untangle them, Lord. Lord, where they have been um, uh, um, uh, small, Lord, make them large. Where they have been um, little, make them more, Father. I speak more in abundancy. I say, recover your sight in the name of Yeshua. Okay, recover your sight. Recover your sight. I feel that fire. Is there more fire? More fire? More fire? More fire? Thank you, Jesus. More fire? More fire right there? Right there, more fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. More fire. More fire right there. Thank you, Jesus. Just burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you right now. Okay. You feeling the fire? Yes. Keep your eyes shut. Okay, that's the fire. How you doing? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Okay, I think that's everybody. That's everybody. So we're going to close down, okay? I'm not, you still feeling the fire? Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to touch you, okay? I'm going to give this over to Pastor Yako so he can close down. But I want you to stay there. Stay here under the anointing because God is bringing fire to your eyes, all right? So just you opening them now is not going to... Uh, to tell us something is not going to be any better than you staying right there in the fire because we want to see this miracle happen, and it will. It takes time sometime, and there's not always time available. So you stay right there. Okay, Pastor Yako. Come on, let's just stand. Those that's not standing, let's just praise God. Hallelujah! Jesus! We worship you, Lord! Be exalted. 
6 o'clock invite somebody let's extend our hands to doctors Adam and Candace father we thank you that you bless your vehicles your vessels father God as they have given out and preparing for tonight father we thank you that you bless them and each and everyone in this house father as we return tonight with great excitement expecting great expecting greatness to be revealed father God in and through us in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Be blessed, family of God.